Bill Lytell again, uh, my Wednesday night study uh, online in my office here at the house. I just wanted to say, uh, looking forward to the time we can get together, where it's going to be good. Something valuable is uh, made more valuable by rarity. And uh, the fact that we're not able to get together makes the getting together more sweet. And so I'm looking forward to seeing you folks. Uh, I know uh, Dr. Fauci said he hopes that nobody ever shakes hands again, but I hope to shake your hands sometime. Just after you shake my hand, wash your hands. <laughs> and uh, I want to do something a little different here. I'm, I'm just going to uh, do a commentary, random commentary, um, through the two, book, the, the two chapters of Revelation chapter 4 and 5. Strange chapters parenthetical chapters, uh, chapters that are, are after the dealing of the seven churches, introduction of Jesus, the first chapter of the book of Revelation, and then you have chapter two and three, the seven churches, which I happen to believe are representative of, of churches anywhere in any time in history. The seven types of churches found throughout the world. Uh, you don't have to accept that. That is just my understanding over a long period of study that it represents not seven church ages. There's no there's no real foundation or basis. You have to read into that to try to read into seven church ages. Uh, the Bible really does not have that kind of uh, massed uh, underlying uh, meanings to it. The Bible is there to let you know what God wants you to know, not to hide something in a super secret code. There is no real secret code in the Bible. I take the Bible literally uh, in its normal sense of reading. That's what makes a fundamentalist, by the way, the way we understand the scriptures as to be literal interpretation, a normal interpretation that you would do to anything that you would read. Allegorical interpretation is the kind of interpretation the cults use, the kind the Mormons use, the kind Job Witnesses use, the kind of Seventh-day Adventists use. Also, the liberals use that kind of interpretation, allegorical, in other words, story type. That they, the words don't mean what they mean. They mean something deeper, something more far-reaching, always secondary, third meanings to everything. And consequently, you never can have a repetition uh, or an exactness in Scripture, and it destroys the whole idea of God giving us his mind. Uh, God wants you to know the word revelation means to reveal, uh, not to hide. God did not write the 22 chapters in the book of Revelation to try to hide from us or to mask anything that was not there. It is there. It's written. Now, can we understand it all? Absolutely not. Uh, some of this was saved for those that are going to be living through the period. They're going to understand the seven-year tribulation period, which this book really covers, uh, from chapters, oh, I think chapters 4 all the way through 19 at the end of the second coming of Christ, uh, they'll understand it by far more than we understand it looking forward to it. So I'd like to just do a reading and a commentary uh, briefly on chapters 4 and 5. Let me give you a little background as I did before. Chapter 1, we see the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he was, he is, and he is to come. He's God, manifest the flesh. Just like the book of Timothy says, uh, he was God manifest in the flesh, uh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, received up into glory. Who else could that be talking about but Jesus? 
And so chapter four and five are, are parenthetical. In other words, it, it reveals something in between these two big events. The seven churches of that age, representing, I believe, seven kinds of churches, is very interesting, a study of its own. And then you have chapter four, he says, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, the first voice which I heard, as it were, a trumpet. Well, the trumpet shall sign the dead in Christ shall be raised <laughs> incorruptible, right? You know that from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, as well as also from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 through 19. For himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive remain shall be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we know there's a trumpet involved in the rapture. Now, that's not the second coming. The second coming is so different than the rapture, because it should never be mixed up. The second coming, all his saints are coming with him. In, in fire, according to Second Thessalonians chapter one, uh, re, and and the, bring, the purpose of this of the chapter nineteen is judgment. Uh, as these saints come and Christ takes his rightful place as King of Kings and Lord of Lords to judge those that are upon the earth. So we see here in the fourth chapter an interesting phrase. He says, "This trumpet as talking with me, which said." come up hither. Well, that's an interesting phrase used also in chapter 11 of Revelation verse 12 to the two witnesses. The two witnesses are killed and um, the earth has a Christmas. They have a celebration. They exchange presents over these two witnesses. Who are these two witnesses? Everybody wants to know that. The Bible does not name them. But from the miracles they, they do, uh, it could be um, some have said um, uh, Enoch and Elijah. Some have said Moses and Elijah. I, I know that Enoch did not die. Uh, Elijah was taken up and did not die. The Bible says the point of under man wants to die. And so some people have uh, theorized that because everybody must die, uh, Enoch not dying and, and Elijah not dying, they'll be the two witnesses because they will die uh, during their after their ministry here on earth. So, is it uh, Enoch and Elijah? I don't know. It could be Moses and Elijah, though he did die, and would he die twice? Well, it's interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. The um, 11th chapter of John, uh, we see uh, Lazarus died. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was resurrected again by Jesus, but he had to die again, didn't he? So he died twice physically. Uh, there's no indication he didn't anywhere in the Bible but die physically. So it could be Moses and Elijah, but whoever it is, they have great miracle power, and they basically preach preach to the people on earth. God cares about his people. He cares about the unsaved people. He cares about, this, of course, saved people, but he, he doesn't leave them without a witness. He, he loves it. During the book of Revelation, there's going to be uh, what I call the flying evangelists, the two of the angels that fly through heaven preaching the everlasting gospel, the Bible says. So he gives them a witness, uh, even in the midst of the judgment, the 21 massive judgments of God upon earth. And, and by the way, this is a tribulation is a time of wrath. It's a time of God pouring out his wrath upon the world for their abominations, 
uh, you know, their ungodly speeches, which they have ungodly spoken against him, and their disbelief, their, their uh, um, what am I going to say, uh, duplicating the gospel falsely in so many ways, there's so many false religions, trying to say there's many roads to heaven, negating what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Listen, if there's many roads to heaven, Jesus was not the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because what he said, he is the way, the truth, and life. No man comes unto the Father but by him. And so if he's not the way, the truth, and the life, then he's a liar, and we shouldn't follow him. Uh, or if he was crazy, he was a lunatic. But I happen to believe he was Lord of all. And all he did, the miracles he did, which had never been done before, and so many other things uh, validate who he was. So he says, come up hither. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, some of you believe that's the rapture there in the fourth chapter, that the church is mentioned, interestingly, the church is mentioned, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. That word church does not occur again uh, until the second coming, or after the second coming. So the very absence of the word and the, and the reference to the church it's a strong indicator uh, that the church here has been raptured up because you have church, church, church uh, mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, the first three chapters, and all of a sudden you have no church mentioned again. Well, you take it the way you want to. Uh, interesting to me. I was in the spirit, behold, the throne set in heaven, one sat upon the throne. He sat upon to look upon like jasper and sardine, stone, beautiful. God's into beauty, folks. He's into color. He's into the red, whites, yellows, oranges, purples. He made the rainbow. Uh, a lot of times we'll see a double rainbow here at the gospel uh, down here in Florida. And we see that old double rainbow. We go, whoa, we stop, we take pictures, we admire the color. Nobody can look at nature, the color of the birds, the color in the ocean of the fish. Nobody could, nobody could do that but God. God had to do that. What does that tell me? He's into color. He likes beauty. Uh, he, he loves different colors. It said they're going to have like a rainbow over the throne, sight like an emerald. And round about the throne, there are 420 elders, uh, 420 seats. And upon the seats, I saw 420 elders sitting clothed in white remnant. And they had their heads crowns of gold. Uh, evidently, their rewards have already been given out because we were, there's five different crowns mentioned in the Bible one can earn as a Christian. And so... They've received their crowns already upon their head. They're, they've already been at the judgment seat of Christ, and uh, that is that is happening. And round about, the, who are these 24 elders? <clears throat> Some have theorized that the 12 of those are the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, that's it. You know, it's good. The 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles, 12 apostles' names will be on the foundations in New Jerusalem. The 12 uh, uh, tribes of Israel will also be on that, new, on that heavenly city. 12 plus 12 is 24. Now, I wouldn't die for this, what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying it looks to me like this could be the representation of both the uh, children of Israel and the church uh, here, the body of Christ, together in praise of God. Out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings, verse 5, and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. This is also mentioned again in chapter 5, verse 6 
the seven spirits of God. This is found in the Old Testament. This reference to the seven spirits of God is found in Isaiah chapter 11. That's strange to me. It's strange to you. What are the seven spirits of God? The Holy Spirit is described as the seven spirits of God. <clears throat> and so, when the Lord give us wisdom, some of this we cannot know for sure. Then we see these four living creatures. Verse 6, before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal. In the midst of the throne, about round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Wow, that's strange. Uh, if you look at nature, though, and you look at uh, a fly, and under a microscope, look at the eyes. They have eyes all over. So uh, in nature, I believe the bugs he's created are as strange or stranger than these creatures that are before the throne. These creatures mentioned verse 7 here in description. First beast like a lion, second beast like calves, third beast like a man, the fourth beast like a flying eagle. Uh, these four beasts, each of them six wings about them. They were full of eyes within, and, and they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come. I believe the holiness has been said in theology that holiness is God's greatest attribute, his, separate, his separation from sin and absolute perfection uh, and, and all that is called uh, a good and pure, that's who God is. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, boy, let's keep that at our forefront. Now, where are these these beasts mentioned here in, these, in this verse 7 and 8 are also mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 10. So Ezekiel chapter 10, if you go back and read Ezekiel chapter 10 later, you'll see that that sounds like these same beasts. Uh, they're uh, like a lion, a calf, a man, and an eagle. So here we have it again in the book of Revelation. What a, what a tremendous, what a tremendous book. Ezekiel written about 500 B.C. Here we have this book written 100 A.D., uh, separate, didn't know each other, yet perfect harmony together. Let me say this. If there were all kinds of flaws in the Bible and contradictions in the Bible, don't you think that we'd have found it by now 2,000 years down the road? As critical as people are, critical as man is, would not he have found these, these so-called errors? They're not there. In fact, it's the other way. There are so many things that harmonize from so many years apart, so many millennium, even centuries apart. It's got to be God. This book has to be of God. The man could never, ever do this. Verse 9, when those beasts give glory and honor, thanks unto him that sat upon the throne and live, uh, who, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him, sat on the throne, worship him, living forever and ever cast their crowns before the throne. They got their crowns. Boy, I hope I get to do that someday. Whatever little reward I receive you know, from God uh, for obeying him and doing his will uh, rather than my will. You know, Jesus said in the garden, not my will be done. That's our, that's our banner. Not my will, but thine be done. And we cast our crowns before him because really doesn't it all come from him, through him, by him, doesn't it? If it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ and him conquering sin, hell, the devil, how in the world we wouldn't have anything. Uh, we just have to ju be judged for our sin, but he's given it to us through Christ. I hope you know Jesus is your Savior. 
I hope you sit there or stand there or whatever you're doing at your house there uh, listening to this that you say, I know, I know Christ is my Savior. Don't you be, I hope I'm saved. Don't you do that. The Bible says these things are written unto you. You might believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. 1 John 5, verse 13. Read it. In fact, read verse 10 through 13. It'll help you. And it says, this last verse in chapter 4, thou, they say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now, you know, this is said again in chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, in verse 11, Behold, I heard a voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them which are 10,000 times 10,000, saying, and by thousands of thousands. Now, if you just do some math on that, that is at least 100 million people, 100 million people, but it's more. It's 10,000 times that, thousands of thousands. So 100 million plus are saying that. Now, I've been in, I've been in groups of 12,000 people where they all sang a hymn, and it put goosebumps on, my, on me. I mean, amazing grace, how sweet to sound, sung by five or six or 10 or 15 or 100 or 200 is one thing. But amazing grace sung by 6,500, 12,000 people. Brother, it does something. It does like raises goosebumps on you. It's just a beautiful thing. Imagine being in heaven and having 100 million million, just more than that, singing praises under our God. These are the words of the song. They said with a loud voice. By the way, when you sing, even if you don't sing well, sing loud. Amen? Sing loud. Don't, don't serve God casually. Don't serve God timidly. Serve God with boldness, holy boldness by the grace of God. We're to come before the throne of God, what? Boldly, boldly that we may receive grace and we may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. We don't come arrogantly. No, no, but we come humbly standing in what Christ has done for us and we can stand boldly in the things of God. And uh, the Bible says a righteous man, he's like, he comes as a lion, brother, the boldness of a lion. It says, what do they say? They say, well, again, this same statement, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive. And here are what we call the seven attributes, the seven attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing, the seven attributes of Jesus. You know, the devil, he says, you follow me and I'll give you glory. I'll give you honor. I'll give you riches. I'll give you power. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you blessing. But he's a liar and the father of it. The truth is you can't get those things without God. Satan makes that promise to many people. Many of these rock stars and famous people, I think, made deals with, with the devil. They cut a deal with the devil and said, we'll follow you if you give us this stuff. So they go through their life, and they're famous, and they're worshipped, and people gather, and they, they scream when they get up on stage, and, oh, they just can't. They just get goosebumps when they hear them sing, and, and they get all of that. They get that fame. They get that power. They get that blessing. And then you watch him. As old as I am, I've been able to see him come and go. And they get old. And they realize their end is coming. And they get bitter. 
realizing that all this fame and power and blessings is going to be going bye-bye. It's not going to be able to be kept by them. And so they begin to get sad. And, and, and the, the Bible says the mirth, the joy, in the joy of the wicked, there's sadness. And, and so they begin to get sad, and they begin to get uh, melancholic and realizing the end of that all come. Elvis got that way. Look, look, at, all them, look at all them people that, that, that call it the 27 Club that died at 27. Those rock stars and things just so happened to die at 27 years old. What a short life. What, what a short time of blessing. What a short time of glory. What a short time of power. What a short time of fame. What a short time of riches. And by the way, what good does that do? You have it. You got it in your hand, but you got to give it up. It's like you never had it. It's like a dream. The things of God are different. The things of God, folks, we get to keep them. When he gives them to you, you possess them for eternal time for no end that means you really have it i've said this for years if you can't keep something it never was yours the devil has something to give you so i'll get you told in the temptation of christ in matthew 4 he says if you follow me and bow down and worship me i'll give you all these kingdoms and glory that i've shown you he only has it to give temporarily he doesn't have it to give permanently lord jesus christ when he offers us a reward he says they won't pass away. No man can take your joy. No man. He says lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where, where the moth doesn't come and rust doesn't corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. He says lay your treasures up for something bigger, something more powerful. Don't you be fooled. My, oh my, dear one, don't you be fooled. 18 years old, I gave my life to Christ or whatever it was, and I didn't know how long I was going to live. Nobody does. I said, whatever little bit of contribution I can make to the kingdom of God, I want to make it. And I gave my, I gave my potential. I gave my dreams. I gave my, whatever I had, I gave it. And then he began to lead me to school, began to lead me past school to church, and began to lead me to another one. And then finally I came to gospel and helped, helped with the starting of gospel. It's over now 40 years ago now. I look back at my life, I don't have regrets. The only regret I have is I didn't do more for God. That's the only regret I have. I, I, the only regret I have is I wasn't, I didn't live purer for God or I didn't live better for God. I didn't read the Bible more. I didn't memorize more scripture. I didn't go soul winning more often. I didn't didn't see people, more, more folks saved. Those are the regrets that Christian has. But as far as life and serving God, we don't have those regrets at all. Man, we're like, hey, we get to serve, we've got to serve God. We got to love him. It's the best thing ever possible. And then God, by side benefits, he gives you a sweet, sweet relationships with people over many years that are not soured by carnality and soured by disputing and, and the things that come from the things of the flesh. Instead, they have love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, which are the full fruit of the Holy Spirit. And you get to have those things, and those things build long relationships, deep relationships. Woo! Good stuff. So we see... We see here in verse 13 of chapter 5, every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all is in them heard I sang. Now I'm finishing up. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne. What? And unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. There's nothing wrong with saying Amen. You people don't say Amen. You need to get right with God. 
listen to this. We're supposed to follow the example of the Bible. The people in heaven say amen. People that are blessed and believe that something's true, you hear it preached, taught, sung, you ought to just say amen. What an encouragement is uh, being a preacher, hear people say amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's Bible too. And the four bees said amen. The four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. The end of chapter five. By the way, it says every creature. I, you say, can animals talk? Yeah, animals will be able to talk. No doubt in my mind from that verse, they're able to say these things, which he said, blessing and honor and glory and power. All your dogs, all your cats, all your animals, your dolphins, your birds, the people, even it's, I don't know how it's going to happen, but even under the sea, those things in the sea, fish, uh, be able to say glory, hallelujah, if I may say it like this, they're going to be able to say all these animals, all these fish, all this. Why, why not? Why not? You know, even today, they communicate with each other. Whales communicate with each other. Dolphins communicate with each other. Birds communicate with each other. I had chickens. I've seen chickens communicate with each other. Uh, cluck, you know, they'll cluck, cluck. A female cluck, clucks, and the male goes, what? They communicate with each other. I mean, animals communicate with each other. Why not be able to praise the God that made them? Why not? Boy, chapter 4 and 5 is exciting. Chapter 4 and 5 are the parenthetical chapter. And then those chapters fit in between chapter 6, which begins the seal judgments, going to the trumpet judgments, going to the vile judgments, and then this, the, the, uh, in 17 and 18, the condemnation of economic Babylon, the, con the condemnation of religious Babylon, and then glory to God, 19th chapter, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're with him. And you're going to, if you don't know how to horseback ride, you will then because you're coming on a white horse with him. And the Lord bless you in this short study. On Wednesday night, I'll pick up something in the book of Revelation. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947 1285. Thank you and God bless.